0: Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the eCommerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today, this is, this is going to be a treat for you, and I'm really excited about it for a couple of reasons. One, this is a return guest. So that, that's an elite club. There, there are a few in that club, but it's still elite. So this mm-hmm. is a return guest, and this guest is a personal friend of mine. So he's somebody that I, I look up to. He's extremely bright in business but we're also we're also buddies like in this guy is my surf instructor so maybe <laughs> potentially potentially more on that in just a minute hey brett curry here i've got an important question for you where will your next big idea come from where will your next big breakthrough come from or where will your next little tweak or little improvement come from have a suggestion check out our guides and resources at omgcommerce.com. Are you looking to enhance your YouTube ads game? We have two of the best YouTube ad resources that are completely free. Our YouTube ad examples and templates guide and our guide to getting authentic video customer testimonials. But it doesn't stop there. We also have guides on how to maximize sponsor brand video on Amazon and Amazon DSP and Google Shopping and a variety of other things. So get these free guides, give them to your team, even share them with your agency. Just take advantage of these resources and up your game. Let OMG Commerce help. And now back to the show. I'm excited to welcome to the show Mr. Jared Mitchell. He is and his wife Elena are owners of Skincare by Elena, also Elenamitchell.com. And then Jared has the distinct privilege of being the lead e-commerce consultant for none other than the world-famous Neil Patel. And so Jared has this really unique perspective where he's running you know, e-commerce businesses, but then he's also consulting with e-commerce businesses all the time. He gets to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so today we're gonna to be talking about growth hacks that you're likely missing and subtitle how to not be a one trick pony. So with that, Jared, what's up man? Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. You absolutely crushed that intro. Thanks dude. Thanks. <laughs> I mean you're an inspiring guy. I mean uh,
1: gosh, thanks for all the compliments. That was like the best podcast intro I've ever had.
0: <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, that is my goal. I think, I think a good intro, a good intro just sets the stage. Like if someone's getting, getting up on a, a literal stage to speak, like you, you'd have a good intro. If you're podcasting, you'd have a good intro because I've had some bad ones. Like I've spoken at different events. And I've had some really bad intros. Like I think this guy's name is Brett. And I think, who knows? I hope you don't fall asleep. Okay. Take it away, Brett. Like, you know, I've had that. Uh, but I, yeah. uh, the good ones. So, uh, Speaking of which, now you are my surf instructor. I think this would be mm-hmm. good to just have a quick diversion. Yeah. Let's, for those out there that, that aspire to surf, I'm a Midwest guy, so I'm not talented or skilled in any way. I'm also tall and not super skinny. So it's like, I'm not built like a surfer, but you've helped me surf. Um, and so you want to give people your surf background just real quick?
1: Surf background, ah, geez, I started surfing when I was, man, I think in the fifth or sixth grade, and just surfed on and off till college. When I, when I came back to California and started surfing every day again, but uh, it is my favorite thing to do. And right now, I can't remember if we connected on this or not. I
0: have not been able to surf since pre-COVID because I broke my eardrum and I need surgery. You told me about that. It's terrible. Uh, uh, and and uh, you know, you we surfed this summer a little bit, and you were. Still not fully in, in commission, oh, yeah. which was which was a bummer. But but uh, yeah, this uh, for those, I look like a Midwest guy trying to surf. Jared looks like he's been surfing his whole life because because he has. So uh, if you want the full scoop on Jared's background, go back and listen to episode thirty five of this podcast, e-commerce evolution podcast. Episode thirty five, you can hear the whole backstory of Jared Mitchell. Although we didn't talk surfing, so I'm glad we threw that in on this episode. Uh, but let's, let's dive in. So, so Jared, kind of sum up what you do uh, for, what is it that you do around here uh, for both for, for your stores and then for Neil um, to talk about um, some of your things you do and kind of what, what your uh, uh, secret uh, skills, um, what am I, what am I looking for here? Your secret abilities are there.
1: Yeah, was that an Office Space
0: reference? I think it, it was an Office Space. Yes, good call. Oh, yes.
1: such a good movie. Unbelievable. Um, we have the poster in the other room.
0: <laughs> is it good for the company? Is
1: that the, is that the poster? What would you say you do here, Bob? <laughs> uh, that's pretty. Cool. <laughs> so appropriate. Um, so, um, you, I think you asked me what I do for Neil. Basically, um, you know, he uh, asked me to jump. I say how high. But really... Um, you know, if there's a client that comes through the funnel that is e-com and they need a little consulting, um, you know, I sort of lead the charge there in general. Although he does have an agency now that's awesome, that takes a lot of those leads too. And then uh, recently I've um, helped him write some digital products. And then it was really a lot of fun one morning when I got a call and he invited me to be in one of his digital products So I went up to Hollywood. This is pre-COVID. And I didn't know anything about what was going on. He just said, hey, can you be on some film I'm doing? I was like, of course, sure. And I just love hanging out with him. And uh, I showed up and it was like a big fancy Hollywood studio with like 15 people there, including attorneys. They put me in the makeup chair. I had never even like read from a teleprompter. And... I was so freaked out and he's over in the corner and I'm like trying to do this. I'm just horrible. And he's over there laughing. He thinks it's
0: hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So so I I bet in the end though, you pulled it off. I'm sure it was very successful uh, at the end of the day.
1: I think so. I think I did, you know, and then the other part of the problem is like, I'm like literally, you know, twice as big as Neil like the joke is when we hang out I, like, I tell people I'm his bodyguard you know yeah yeah and so that was just funny to see us on camera and, and some of the differences there
0: that's that's awesome uh, what a good experience but yeah there's a lot of pressure when when they apply makeup they put you in the chair and the lights and the makeup there's a lot of pressure like you feel like I've got to perform now I've got oh. to be a rock star now uh yeah. so I, I will have to uh, check that out I'm excited to see the, the end product there <laughs> So, uh, we talked about, as we're kind of prepping for this show, we talked about this idea that there's a lot of e-commerce businesses out there, even those that are that are mildly successful or, or, or you know, quite successful, that you might still label like a one-trick pony, right? Mm-hmm. And you said, as you dig into, you know, Google Analytics and you're, you're helping a consulting client and you're trying to walk them through what they should do next and how they, can, how they should grow... A lot of times you find they're a one-trick pony and they're then surprised to hear that. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? And what are some of the common scenarios uh, that, that, might, uh, that, that you run into?
1: Well, first of all, nomenclature is important to me. So I tend to go with the phrase one trick, dream unicorn.
0: (laughs) One trick, dream unicorn. Yes, I think that's uh, much more appropriate. And why do you choose this nomenclature?
1: It goes over really well in the boardroom with these rough and tough CEO types. But (laughs) I'll eventually sit them down and, and I'll bring up data onto my screen so that, you know, it's hard to argue with that, right? And I'll be like, so what I've discovered is at the end of the day, you uh, exist because you sell one product <laughs> on Amazon. So you don't even own your business or your customers. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still friends?
0: Yeah. I did call you a dream unicorn, though. Uh, your business a dream unicorn, not a pony. So uh, you, you, get that, you get that made for you.
1: And so I watched their faces go... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like sorry I you know here's the data like mm-hmm. so that's that's where we're at but yeah you know I I'm, I'm I'm sure you've run into this before too I am just shocked at the amount of businesses that I dive into that are structured that way and what I'm finding is it's harder and harder to scale survive and thrive if you're kind of running this one trick unicorn or kind of like fake brand business these
0: days yes yes and it's one of those things where I think the environment lends itself well to you know, potentially having one product really hit you know and, and do well on Amazon and then rank. And then you get a lot of momentum and a lot of sales because Amazon is huge or, or one specific paid channel really explodes for you. Maybe you got in early on Facebook ads or there's just something that clicked for you. And, and so that's great, but then you never grow beyond that. And so I think that this whole idea is, yeah, you don't want to be relying on just one product. Or one traffic source, or one marketplace, or really one anything. If you are, if you are a one trick dream unicorn, that's a really dangerous place to be. Uh, That's a really dangerous place to be and and makes it hard to scale. So, uh, what I thought we would do, uh, you talk about this idea of hey, you should have 10 sales channels, ideally, right? So, So, you talk to a lot of people that maybe find out hey, 90 plus percent of their sales are from Amazon. If that's the case, it's okay for now. Just you don't want to stay there, right? So so 10 different sales channels. You want to talk through at least some of the ones you look for and or recommend. And then we'll yeah. get into kind of some unique growth hacks as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Um, you know, I'll tell you which ones I look for. They're not in any particular order because it really just depends on the audience and the product and how you're positioning it. Um, but in general, I look for you know the the following tips. So the first is just your regular store, whether it's Shopify, Magento, Big Commerce, whatever. Like having that your own direct consumer channel is uh, is where we usually begin. Um, From there, I usually look at Amazon because that's where half of, you know, the U.S. hangs out (laughs) during, you know, holiday season. Half of of
0: all e-com in the U.S. is Amazon. And I've seen those numbers as high as like 52 to 55%. Yeah. And, um, yeah, in this holiday, yeah, I'm sure it'll be at least that much.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's grown every year. And, um, you know, every second that uh, they, their website goes down, Jeff Bezos loses (laughs) $2,500. Wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was pre-COVID. I bet you it's more now. <laughs> and and
0: what, what is interesting about that, though, is is I didn't, I never heard that number before. But that's the reason Amazon developed AWS, right? They, they developed AWS for Amazon.com. They wanted to control their own environment, their own hosting, because they didn't want to be dependent on anyone else. They're scaling so rapidly. They built this environment, and then they started to realize, hey, we could build capacity here, and oh, hey, this could be a service. And then, you know, for a while AWS was the most profitable part of their, their business. It still probably is, although advertising may be just as profitable. But but yeah, anyway, that's a, a little uh tangent but still still related. So so we we got we got your own store, got Amazon. What else? Yeah, I mean, usually you go into a client and
1: they've got one of those set up and you sort of start the process of setting the other. And and that's kind of where you start. But from there. We of course, and you're gonna love this one. Look, look at Google and YouTube, and I do list those separately. You know, yep. um, and I do recommend OMG. No matter yes. what podcast I'm on, number one because you guys have crushed it for Thanks us do. there. And then of course, Facebook, Instagram. I do do group those together because of how the uh, analytics it's the same should, ad uh, platform. Yeah, and then uh, I think these days you gotta you gotta be doing something with influencer marketing. Which totally is totally agree a passion of mine. And then I have like a grouping where I throw in like the Walmarts of the world, like all sure.
0: in this one group. Other marketplaces.
1: Yeah. Other marketplaces. I think, you know, if you set up your uh, data feed correctly, it can be something as easy as flipping on a switch in most cases. Um, and then one that people like, I don't know why they don't, they don't do this. Cause it's like free is just in general PR for your business. It's like yes. literally about yes. sending emails <laughs> out to producers or editors. And it's like ask not have not. And um that's a big one for us. The problem is it can't be tracked all that well, but right. you can see the effect on the bottom line for sure. Yep. And then lastly is wholesale.
0: Yeah, try to is get it- try to get and by that you mean getting in physical retail stores or selling to someone else who's going to resell your product.
1: You got it. Like building that army, that, you know, ground army. And um, it can still be done even in the COVID era. It just, it's, it's a little different now. But, um, you know, that, that alone, wholesale alone is some company's entire strategy when they yeah, come to me. And they're yeah. like, need to start direct to consumer. And a lot of brand owners just don't think it's for them or this or that, or think that it's going to be invalid after COVID. And it's here to stay. It's just going to look different.
0: Yeah. And I think for a lot of businesses, just going D to C isn't the greatest long-term solution and probably won't fully get you where you're going. I think you have to look at at marketplaces, which I know some people could categorize that differently, but then also the wholesale thing. I think that's a lot of the people we talk to, and I'm sure it's the same for you, completely overlook wholesale. So I want to get into some kind of unique growth hacks and some things you do that, that are different. Like we, we've had several podcasts about Google and YouTube ads and Facebook ads and things like that. So I want to get into some things that are kind of unique or that, that people are probably overlooking. But before we do, uh, I want to talk a little bit about wholesale. So, so what do you recommend there? How should someone get started? And I know we could have a, an entire podcast about wholesale. So, uh, but what are just a few things people should consider and maybe how should someone get started there?
1: Uh, just to get started in wholesale, I mean, if you're just starting like point blank, like fresh, I would definitely hire like a brokerage firm to help you because they're going to not only act as like a consultant um, to help you get your brand ready and positioned for a wholesale, they're also going to introduce you to those key relationships.
0: Buyers you know. and other retailers and things like that.
1: Yeah, but taking a step back further, you really got to evaluate your margins and make sure they're there because generally you'll have the keystone your products to wholesalers. So if you're selling a, a face cream for 30 bucks, you're going to need to offer it to wholesalers most likely for around 15. So just making yeah, sure true. that margins there, you know?
0: Yep. 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 Um, so can you live, are you, do you still have margin if you offer your product at, at about 50% off of what you sell data to Sure. Yeah.
1: But keep in mind, you know, in general they're buying in bulk and right. one main mistake people make is they think, you know, I've got this amazing product here. Um, I've got to go straight to, you know, Albertsons or like some Kroger, or some like huge chain of stores, you know, Whole Foods or whatever. And they like go for the jugular. And in my opinion, that's not the best way to get started unless you're someone that already has huge coverage, you know, maybe on like one of the advertising platforms and huge brand awareness. Like I recommend starting with smaller mom and pop more brick-and-mortar, smaller chain stores and sort of building your
0: way up. That's great. And one added benefit that a lot of people don't think about when you're wholesaling, when you have your products in physical stores, is that will lead to increased online sales as well. So just just the idea that likely you're not going to have your whole product line on the shelf in a physical store, you're going to have just select products. As people try that out and they're introduced to your brand, they will shop online. We see that a lot with larger retailers where, and we work with some retailers that have physical stores of their own and they sell online and their online sales are always biggest where they have physical stores. Right. So it's just one of those things that the two really do work hand in hand. And I think that's something people overlook. So,
1: yeah, I mean, there's uh, a part of it you got to consider advertising, right. And awareness.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're giving up some margin, but you're, people are buying in bulk and you get that shelf space. And that is indeed marketing and awareness uh, with really not a lot of risk, right? And so uh, I think there's just lots and lots of, of reasons to consider that. So, okay, cool. Well, let, let's dive into a few a few topics that maybe people don't always think about. And so I'm gonna kind of go through these uh, not in any particular order and some we'll just kind of go through quickly. Others we'll, we'll dive into a little bit. So I know one you're a big believer in, which I have very little experience in, so I'm excited to talk to you about it, is uh, push notifications, so, so, just briefly describe what push notica- notifications are. I think most people probably know, but but a few might not. And then would love to hear how you guys at, at Skincare by Elena are, are using push
1: notifications. Awesome. Yeah. And and it's so funny because when I hear push notifications, the first thing I think of is annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, you know, it's like everyone goes and shops at the grocery store different. Like, I go in, like, you know, I'm barreling through there. I grab my product and I get out as soon as I can. And my wife, Lena, she likes to bring her coupons. And, you know, she looks up here instead of down there and goes around different aisles. And that was the idea behind us um, setting up push notifications on site. And if you've never seen them, it's kind of like this pop-up that appears on your site at some point, usually on the home page or on any page on your first visit. And it just says, is it okay for XYZ site to notify you? And you either pick yes or no, and um, a lot of people really like this. This is like how they want to keep in touch with your brand. Don't ask me why; it's not my preferred way.
0: But yeah, I'm always, I see those things, and I'm like, no, I don't yeah. need any other message. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but but so. I talk to a lot of people, and your 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 business is not unique, and that you're not alone. Like this works for a lot of e-commerce businesses. There are people that like to get push notifications. Let them get them. You know.
1: Absolutely. And then when it comes up, it's usually like a bottom right-hand side little pop-up that comes up and notifies you. And you can put pictures in there now, links, and you know, some of the rules change here and there. But um, what people usually don't do is push it to the level that we have. And they don't even know it's available. We've been doing this a really long time. So our list, it sort of builds up like an email list. And anytime you have to make an announcement, maybe some blog article, new product a sale. <laughs> you just send out a push notification. But what we do is you can actually segment those lists now. Nice. And you can set up drip campaigns through the push notifications.
0: So I did not know that was possible. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I actually uh, set everything up and then I handed it to my marketing team, which is common. And then when it came back to me, they're like, oh yeah, you didn't know we set up all these trip campaigns. We segmented. I was like, I didn't even know that existed. They showed yeah, me. Yeah. Like, dude, this is awesome what they're doing with this. Yeah. And it's just like people are leaving this hanging around, you know? And I'm like, hey man, least path of resistance. They're already on your site. Let's figure out a way to do this in a non-annoying way and start capturing some of those people.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So talk a little bit about how are you segmenting? So you mentioned you you let people... No, and you use a push notification for new blog posts and and sales and new product launches and things like that. So are you segmenting by hey these these are people that interact with the blog, so we're going to let them know about every blog release. These are people that bought this product, so we're going to let them know about a complimentary product or something like that. How, yeah. how are you guys segmenting?
1: Basically, we'll work backwards and look at the sales and people that actually click versus who's shown the the little you know notification and um you said it it's basically like new product releases is one segment one is people who like to read or blog articles and we have one big one for sales and there's probably a few more but essentially we we segmented it that way and we were careful to clean our list as well there's people that it's just shown to that aren't interacting we'll remove them on a monthly basis
0: okay and you're doing that you're doing that for what purpose just because one you don't want to annoy people but but as are you is it almost like email deliverability yeah. rates where as the, the deliverability rates are better, that that works in your favor
1: it kind of yeah yeah it's it's a more quality of a program, and you'll get like shown a little bit more and because and some of these browsers will block them too,
0: right, right got it yeah yeah uh, any any special insights and, and if, if there aren't any that come to mind that's fine but but what what are you doing with the actual push notification like do you always include an image? Is it more just like an image and a headline, or is there a big chunk of copy? Like, what, what do these look like? Because I say no to all of them, so <laughs> I, don't, I guess I should say yes just so I can I can uh, you know sample these things. But yeah, I I mean, what do they actually look like?
1: Say yes to ours. We'll tell you about every single lotion that comes yes, out. Yes,
0: I do need I need some anti aging. I need more mo- moisturizing. <laughs> I need to buy one of your new rollers that I'm really excited about. So uh, yes, I will do that after this after this episode.
1: Um, images tend to work really well for us. Not all browsers allow them. Um, but anytime we can do any sort of provocative image, meaning like, you know, model
0: pointing you at... With your, you with your shirt or, off or what did what you mean? My
1: shirt off, you know, this that whole sort of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, basically what we did is we took what was working well with email and copied and pasted it, literally. Nice. Or what was working well with like our on-site homepage banner, copy and paste. It doesn't need to be a new creation. It can literally be recycled and that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. So push notifications. Last question related to push notifications. Do you have a favorite tool or a couple of tools to, to recommend? And I know that's always a tricky question because the the best service provider, best tool today may be gone tomorrow, but, but just <laughs> at the time of this recording, what do you recommend?
1: Yeah, it was. I think it's subscribers.io is the one that we use, and it's the one that Neil makes. Cool. Um, there's also Push Crew. Um, we've Heard used that, that in the past. We might still use them as well. And there's one other that I'm forgetting, but you might know some too.
0: Yeah, I actually, do, I don't. And this is like one of the one of the areas where I'm like I'm clueless <laughs> on this on this topic. But yeah. uh, so check it out. Push notifications, uh, super exciting. Okay, so let's transition to another growth fact that that I think a lot of people are missing, and and that is live video. So live video and you guys, you want to talk just a little bit about um, the skincare business? Uh, Cause I think getting people just a little background on that would be good. And then, and then talk about how you use live video.
1: Yeah, man, man. Um, so we heard about live video and its effectiveness early on. So we started messing around pretty early with it. My wife and I own two skincare businesses together. And one is a retail store that retails over 300 lines of other people's brands. And then one is our own skincare brand, which is basically just her name, Elena Mitchell. And uh, we decided, hey, let's check out this whole live video thing. And (laughs) so we started early with like um, trying to figure out what networks we could go live on. And a lot of people don't know the following, but you can actually pre-record a live video and then upload it like it's going live on like 15 to 20 different platforms all at once. Not only that, you can broadcast live to your personal Facebook profile, your business page, and any groups that you own. All the same video, all at once. Now, it took me a long time (laughs) to figure that out. You can even do uh, Instagram at the same time. Um, But through a lot of trial and error and testing, we figured it out. And early on, um, we started doing this and just practicing. And like, it was so archaic, Brett, that um, I used to have to have like six iPhones at the same time. Like I I just had to figure it out. And um, we were invited early on by Amazon corporate to be one of their testers for live video because my wife is very good at it and she's known in the skincare industry and it was an honor. And um, that was fantastic. If you don't know about Amazon Live, you should probably check it out.
0: It's been a little bit- It actually appears on the homepage of Amazon, right? I know I've encountered it some on the Amazon app and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it almost looks like, for those that haven't seen, it's almost like QVC, right? It's like QVC, home shopping network type thing, but on the Amazon app. It's fascinating. You
1: can advertise there too. And we all know they have a lot of traffic. What they haven't figured out yet is the right format and presentation. Mm. So um, it's definitely starting out QVC-ish, but from what I can tell, they're going to need to morph that a little bit to make it consumable and actually work for their platform. But for now, you can go live, you can show what products you think people should buy, and people are watching it.
0: Yeah, so interesting. So I've got a ton of questions related to live video. I'll try to narrow it down to the most important, and I think the, the questions that most people want to know. First of all, like, what do you say in these live videos? Like, what do you do? And, and how do you know if you should do live video? Because as an example, you know, I'm an ad guy, so I, I can think of YouTube ad ideas all, all day long or even, and Facebook ad ideas, even though I don't run Facebook ads. I can think video ads. Like, that, that's a clear structure in my head. Uh, but live videos, like, what do we do? What, what does a good live video look like? And who do you think live video is appropriate for?
1: Mm, like who do you think it's appropriate for to
0: do live videos or to, to do watch? live video? Yeah. So what what like what type of products should you do live video for? Oh maybe, okay. maybe it's all e-commerce, but I just, just curious if you have any thoughts there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, the first time you we went live on Amazon, I spent zero dollars in ads and we had thirty thousand views.
0: That's pretty good. It That's was pretty crazy. good.
1: And what I learned from this is that um, it was a good thing that we looked a little mom and pop-ish. It's obviously a great thing when your wife is like the hottest woman in the world, which totally is. Hope so you're listening, Atlanta.
0: Jared gets extra points for this. Good yeah. job, Jared.
1: Way to go. And then we had like <laughs> our kids in the video. It was like chaotic. We were making jokes. Everyone's running around. Eli, my five-year-old, takes his shirt off in the middle of the video, starts flexing. <laughs> It was like hilarious.
0: and <laughs> I was joking about you taking your shirt off, but he actually did. No, he And, did. Uh, and also for those that are not watching the podcast and you may not, you're, they're not watching the video, you're just listening. Uh, Jared looks a little bit like Jack Black and I'll probably need to put the show notes, the actual picture of you, you know, in the Nacho Libre um, setup. So <laughs> yes, exactly. You need to put that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's fantastic.
1: I've got my COVID-15 or 20 back on me. And so I'm starting to get there where I feel like, you know, I could probably do it if I grew out my hair again.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. And so so these videos then, if you're going live, or would you would you is this strictly product demo? Are you using this to release a new product or or just to show some tips on an old product? Like what could this what could this look like? I think that
1: people need help yeah. um, with gift ideas. People and tell me so, that
0: a lot, a lot. Uh, just yeah. the whole part, not the gift part. Yeah, it's
1: cool. yeah, yeah. And, and they they don't really want to be sold to. They want to be helped, and they want to be done in a way that's like entertaining, but also realistic. And um, I think where we've done some damage there is by putting our hearts on our sleeve. I'll literally be behind the camera. Elaine will be up there, and she looks presentable. But we got kids running around. We got, you know, I'm throwing props at her. I'm interrupting her and being like, hey, we'll talk about this, you know, and it seems like this lady is in her home um, and she's really helping me ex- explain how to make my skin better or, um, hey, I've got some really great holiday gift ideas that you've never seen before. Some of them are my product lines, some of them are others and really gets into that and helps people. And then the key is asking questions during, please chat below. To ask your question. Please comment below to enter our contest. We'll announce the winners towards the end of the video. And that engagement, that buildup will help you get syndicated more mid-live broadcasts.
0: That's awesome. Get, so get someone engaged, get them to stick around to the end. I love that. And I, I think that is the perfect way to frame it, right? Think about it from this perspective. People need help buying the right products. They need help buying gifts. They need help knowing, in your case with skincare, am I using the product properly? Should I use it in the morning or at night? Or how should I prep my skin before I use it? Uh, all of these things. Like people have questions. And so if you answer those and if you're helpful and if you're real and not sound like a, just a, a pitch man, I think people will, will really resonate with that. Now now talk through briefly, and then we'll kind of wrap up on my video. What's the tool you use or how do you how do you stream to all these variety of places? And, and now, now you've kind of gotten away from the six iPhone <laughs> thing uh what, what is what is your tech setup right now and what's this tool you use?
1: Yeah, it's back, it's kind of back to the software caveat. There might be more now as it's right. got more popular, right. but back then it was a software piece called restream.io.
0: Restream.io, okay.
1: hmm And it helped you basically take your one camera feed. There's a few extra pieces of software, but it was really no big deal. They were really helpful and they had like live chat. Um, and it, it basically, you know, took your feed and you typed in all the little networks and groups and things you wanted to show on and, and hit play. And they're really the missing element that I found that helped me. But, but you have to mention a piece of software called Comment Sold. There's Comment also sold, some I've others that, yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, but if you can use that in unison with live video... Um, you know, people can basically comment and make a purchase pretty easily over the network they're commenting on. Um, So that sort of makes it a little bit more accessible. And then lastly, if you can figure out, uh, this is kind of the golden nugget bomb that I'll drop. If you can figure out how to um, simulcast, you know how some um, social media platforms will let you do joint live videos with an influencer? To um, you know, sort of help you along with your live video. It's a little tricky, but if you can figure out how to do it, um, obviously you have access to a much broader audience, and they're more willing to uh, mesh with yours and listen to you and listen to your influencer.
0: So that that would be where maybe like you and an influencer are on a Zoom call, and you're sharing that, or or where you're just broadcasting your content on an influencer's YouTube channel, as an example.
1: If you want to do pre-recorded, you could do it any way you want with like Zoom That's or a good to point. that. Yeah. Um, If you want to do it live, there's features on like Instagram and others where you can um, request to join someone's live video.
0: Cool. That is so, so cool. I love that. And then, you know, just like you were talking about before where you're taking your email copy or homepage copy and using that for push notifications, you can also take these live videos and take segments of these live videos and use them in your video ads, use them for YouTube content to get it to rank, put it in a blog post. Like we found some of our most successful blog posts, we include video in the post. So we have the, the written post and you have a video there. So like use the live video as a way to create video. And then even if you don't have a ton of people tuning in live, repurpose it and use it and, and leverage it to the, to the hilt. So um, love that topic. Okay, awesome. So another thing that came up as we were doing our prep that I, I, I'm confident most people are not using is phone sales. So talk about how you guys use the phone to sell, because you're all e-commerce. I know you do some wholesale too, but, but e-commerce. How do you use the phone uh, to close more business?
1: I, I kind of like group in uh, postcard mailings, snail yes, mail. mail. yeah, Snail mail. Because, um, you know, there's separate sort of topics for me, but it's like, why not? Why not kick it old school? <laughs> so like, what, if, what would it look like if we actually encouraged people to call us? Because like no one wants them to call them. Or if they do, they want them to speak to their representative that lives in India or mm-hmm. like Thailand or something. So I really dove into our analytics early on and I realized that our average order size was almost 2x when we got someone on the phone because I have wow. really good sales gals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And you know, it, our business started with Elena and I doing the... the yeah. You know, and let me tell you, your boy here can sell some lotion. Okay. Dude,
0: I be- I believe it. You've got that charisma. You've got yeah. that charm. Uh, cool uh I-, I would buy I would buy lotion from
1: you. Yeah. So <laughs> um, if you discourage phone sales, um I would I would I, I at least encourage you to run a test. Most business owners don't like have people available to answer calls. We do, and once we realized the AOS was doubled and not only that, the customer attention was like way, way percentage higher than people that just purchased online because we had this like connection. We started pushing it. And we started in all of our headers, like call us for any help, call us to order calls, 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 calls. On mobile, very important. Phone number at top, along with your search function, but push to call on mobile, obviously. And same with the app. So it's very easy for customers just to push and call you. Um, It was a real game changer for us and helped us really build our business long-term.
0: And do you, so do you, how often or what hours do you have phone staff available? And is that something, uh, you know, what, what should people consider as they as they look at maybe building a phone safe yeah. staff?
1: We recommend having people in-house doing it, you know, which is just painful for a lot of owners to hear. People that, their native language is English, if you're in the USA, you know, it's like real people down there, like selling your products we have them available roughly from eight to five, and then after five o'clock, I like to redirect all the phone numbers to one of my friends' phone numbers, cell phone numbers, just to mess with them.
0: <laughs> I can totally <laughs> see you're you're next. Doing that. That's hilarious. Why do people keep calling me about skincare? Uh, love you, buddy. Yeah. So that, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. When you realize average order value is two X for a phone sale. When you also, were, if you were to look at, and you're still a consumable, I don't know if, you, I know this data may be kind of hard, but like LTV, lifetime value, also probably significantly higher for a phone order. I know for us, we were just shopping for outdoor furniture and we shopped a few in-store places. And this is just as places were starting to open back up again after the, the lockdowns. Didn't find anything we like. We had found stuff that was like not nice enough or stuff that cost like 30 grand. It was just like crazy. And so then we found this, this company called Yardbird And uh, they're not local though. So I called them and man, they were helpful. Like lady I talked to her name was Jen. She's she's telling me like the ins and outs and I'm, you know, piece together the furniture and I ended up spending a lot of money with them. uh, But I probably wouldn't have if I hadn't been on the phone with them because I needed some assurance and I had some questions and it was a big purchase. Um, So consider the phone. I think for a lot of businesses, uh, it, it could be a secret weapon that you're missing. So any other final thoughts on, on uh, phone sales? I mean, if they work well, you got to try postcard mailing. Postcards, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So are you guys using postcards because this is another thing and, and just a little bit of background. I think I mentioned this on a few other podcasts, but it's been a while. I used to do a decent amount of direct mail. So back in the day, I did, I did TV, oh, yeah. radio, print, but I used to love postcards and I would do like lumpy mail and all kinds of creative stuff uh, for, for direct mail. But not many people run postcards or mailers of any kind. So how do you guys use postcards? Uh, And
1: we've been doing this for almost 15 years now. And it, it just started with me just trying to think differently. And I just was like, well, how are people actually going to pay attention to an offer? And, you know, we have email marketing up and running and some other things. And I thought, well, wait, what if like, they're already on my list? Like, what if I take those people who didn't open the email or take advantage of the sale? and sort of like customize a postcard for them and mail to them and, and put a code on there that only they can see, like so that I can track the sales back to that code. And so We did. And it was like terrifying because I sent out like a thousand postcards and I forget how much it cost, but it was like a big expenditure for us at the time because we bootstrapped everything. And it was something like $25,000 in sales came back from just this one mailing. It was psychotic, you know. (laughs) But the key is um, to really segment that list and customize and have a really good offer and then be able to track it, you know. It's, it goes back to my earlier analogy, like everyone goes in the grocery store differently. There's people that will never read your emails, never read your push, they don't like looking at online ads or whatever and um
0: but the postcard they get just it just love and, that postcard <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's it's so fascinating. I think that's just something to remember. This is a good entrepreneurial principle in general, not everyone is like you, right? you and I were both talking about push notifications. I don't like them, but who cares? They work, right? You may not like postcards, uh, but some of your customers will totally respond to it and love it. So uh, you need to do different things. And this goes back to that initial point you made of, hey, you need to have at least 10 sales channels, right? And then some nuances there. Do You got to do a little bit of, of everything, right? Uh, to be really next level, to have a business that's scalable, maybe one day sellable if that's your goal. You need to do a lot of different things. And Mm -hmm. so so that's fantastic. Um, How often are you mailing? And then any tools, services, resources you'd recommend for direct mail?
1: I do one a quarter. On Christmas, we do more than a postcard. Now we do a trifold mailer. And that's about it. Um, We'll do, I think I said once a quarter. And I use um, a company called GotPrint, G-O-T-Print.com. They're the best price. Service full color front back that I have found it's less expensive than you think, and it is just so rare that we try it with a print with a client, and it doesn't come back profitable.
0: Yeah, and I, we've actually used uh, I've used Got Print. They've been around a long time, great company. So check them out. Try some direct mail. I think you will like it. So uh last topic, and and this is kind of been the theme of the show, right? Like we've been we've been diving into these unique things that that could be their own episode probably, but it's kind of fun to uh, to do rapid fire through these. Uh this is this is something that we're big believers in, going full funnel. Uh what advice would you give on full funnel? And maybe just how should people think full funnel and and uh what's been your experience? I'm guessing a lot of people you talk to are not thinking full funnel, but this full funnel spectrum, what, what would you say about that?
1: Man, uh, yeah. So, I, I look at like my website or someone's website as like a ship that like technically is always going to have leaks, but I want to figure out the places where I can make the biggest plugs first. Like mm-hmm. where I'm losing people the most, and obviously you can get a lot of that data from Google Analytics and see where people are exiting your pages and at what steps they're exiting your checkout, and that's how I kind of started thinking about this process, and it all started with me shopping on Vistaprint for something, or rather, you know, around 15 years ago. And they had a, um, it wasn't quite a post-purchase upsell, but it was like a thank you page offer. And I think I've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I basically was like, well, why can't I put an offer on my thank you page? And so we did, and we started selling more products right away. Not only that, it was like one out of every 10 people that reached my um, thank you page took me up on my offer. Then I realized, well, why don't I sell my own brand there? Because it's my space. Yes, it's yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, if you have the ability, you know, Shopify's regular plan, they don't let you customize very much. I think Plus does. But whatever platform you're on, we're on Magento for one of our stores. It's very easy to throw a graphic on the thank you page. That's like a really easy way to garner some more sales because the customer, they already got their wallet out. And they just bought something and now they hit your thank you page and they see this crazy 50% offer. You'll only see it here. You have to check out within the next five minutes, some scarcity there. And um, and they're like,
0: okay, I'll do it. You're you know? missing out, scarcity. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. And you're right. Once someone makes that initial commitment to purchase, their wallet is out, You know, figuratively or literally, they're, they're saying yes to purchase getting them to say yes to an additional item, especially if it's a good deal and a limited time offer, there's going to be a certain percentage that take it. And uh, it'll probably surprise you how many, and it'll be just a nice little bump in revenue and profits. Totally. So, so this has been fantastic, man. So much good stuff. Uh, I think people may have to listen to this a couple of times to get all the goodness out of it, which is, which is great. Uh, but in addition... To running to uh, amazing skincare products, you and your wife, and, and you've got an amazing team. We work with your team. We love working with your team. Uh, in addition to that, in addition to uh, working with Neil Patel, you also do some uh, some coaching of e-commerce store owners. You want to talk a little bit about your e-commerce club? I know that may may be closed right now. I'm not actually sure, but you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, you know what? It's always open. It just is you else, it's cancel anytime. I think that it's important that I market it that way I don't really I'm probably supposed to do it differently but I just I want people to be feel comfortable and there's two ways I do it number one it's the person who either has no store and wants to build one or is just starting I have like an online course that basically is called how to e-commerce and you join this club for 97 bucks a month and you're in the club and I feed you a new lesson each week and you learn basically how to do exactly what we did over the last 15 years, just in a much more efficient way. <laughs> I offer the uh, How to Build a Shopify course for free. I offer that as a free course. So if you know of anyone who's looking to you know, just build a store, I teach you in just over an hour how to build a killer Shopify store with some good marketing right out the gate. And then the last thing is, You know, I do offer coaching, and consulting for brands that are doing some volume and want to scale. And so, you know, I have some different packages available and stuff like that. But uh, it's really a no pressure thing. And it's something that I really enjoy and consider a passion project.
0: Yeah, and you're very good at it, and I think that's got to be obvious as people listen to this this podcast. You know, first you guys run two amazing businesses, and I've seen the insides of those and seen the numbers, and you guys are just you guys are crushing it, which is awesome. But you also just have this desire to help. Like you, you, you love you love finding ways to improve and grow a business, and digging into the numbers and finding the story behind those numbers. And then you're really good at, at clearly laying out ideas. So highly recommend it, man. If you want to join that club or get some one-on-one coaching with the Jared Mitchell. Uh, maybe he'll even, if you ask nicely, throw in a little surfing tip or something like that. I think that would be, that'd be great too. Uh, so that'd be fun. Uh, awesome, man. Well, how can people learn more? So one thing we talk about in the podcast a lot is, Hey, go find other good marketers and just follow their stuff. So join their email list, join their push notification list. So talk about your skincare, uh, how people can find your skincare businesses. And then also how can they find your club and coaching?
1: Awesome. Yeah, you can find the club and coaching with beefysites.com. It'll tell you everything you need to know. Um, but if you want to purchase some lotion, let me tell you, go to skincarebyelena.com or brand is elenamitchell.com. Sign up on our email list and, you, you know, we'll send you emails until the day you die. And, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't want but, to
0: hear. I love that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Send me more emails. I need them. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, but really, you guys, are, you guys are crushing it, and uh, kudos to you. And also, awesome job on the podcast, dude. You you brought the A game. Really? You think so? Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean- there's
1: so much more I wanted to explore, but you know, we only have so much
0: time. You only had on an hour, so we'll have to uh, I, I, I know I see what you're doing here, Mitchell. you're you're trying to come on for 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 round three. and and fine. all right. right, we'll, we'll, we'll consider that. Round three with Jared Mitchell. Uh, I'll let you be the judge listener. You let us know if you want round three with Jared Mitchell. I bet that's a possibility, so we'll look at that.
1: You know, Maybe we can get Chris, a.k.a. the Unicorn Brewer, on
0: here. <laughs> Chris, the Unicorn Brewer. I think we need that. We need more Chris Brewer on this podcast. He and I are recording one here in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, uh, Chris would be delighted to hear you say that. He's got uh, that sweet Southern draw. You know what I'm saying? He does. It sounds a little bit Southern. Damn. Yep, yep. He's lived in Missouri, but also Louisiana, so he's got this good, like, good mix of uh, <laughs> Moe, Louisiana uh, accent. So... Uh, Chris, if you're listening, uh, you're welcome. This is a little Chris Brewer segment. So that's awesome. Jared, thanks again, man. This has been a, a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. You're the man. Sweet. Thanks. All right. And as always, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. Hey, what would you like to hear more of? Maybe it's just a simple, we need more Chris Brewer or... Round three with Jared Mitchell, something like that. Uh, But but do let us know what you'd like to hear more of. And then also, uh, if you have not done so, leave that review on iTunes. That does help more people discover the podcast and that would make my day as well. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening.